Good morning, everyone. I'm going to talk for a few minutes this morning about the joy of Christmas. It's coming upon us, isn't it? We're getting closer and closer. And I don't read newspapers very often, but because it's so much bad news in the newspaper. Did you, have you read recently that uh, many of the energy companies have gone out of business? Which magazine said that 21 companies have gone out of business this autumn? 21 companies. But I want to let you know something. There is one power company, however, that will never fail. And it's a, it's a personal source of power, and it has been described in the following way. The 810 Power Company. Has anyone ever heard of the 810 Power Company? No one's ever heard of the 810 Power Company? I want to read to you. The 810 Power Company. The 810 Power Company comes from Nehemiah verse 8, verse 10. Nehemiah 8, verse 10. The 810 Power Company that we should always remember. And the words that are said, I'm going to tell you a little history in a minute, but the words from Nehemiah 810 are, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, if we have the joy of the Lord within us, we can cope with any power failure, can't we? Hey, we can cope with any bad circumstance. Now, it's not because we've got something dwelling that we decide, I'm going to, I'm going to get that. No. It says the power of the Lord, not your power or my power. It's the power of the Lord. Now, let's look at a little bit of history. What's happened here? The people at that time had been in captivity in Babylon for 70 years. 70 years. I probably would have been just a few years old at that time if I'd been there 70 years. But many of the people there had very little knowledge of the Word of God. They didn't have services like we have now. They were in captivity. But at this particular point, some of them were now back in Jerusalem under the leadership of Nehemiah. And they were spiritually starved. And guess what they did? They were spiritually starved, and they asked Ezra, the priest, to read the book of the law to them. You know, they had built the walls around Jerusalem. They'd come back, and now they were focused on, we're missing something. And so they asked Ezra to read the word of God. Now, when fast ask us to stand up for the reading of the word of God, you know, they did it then. But they didn't stand up for five minutes. They stood up for about six hours. They were so starved to hear the word of God, they wanted to hear it. They needed to have something that they didn't have. All the provisions they had by getting back into Jerusalem didn't fit the bill. There was something missing. 
and they ask Ezra to read the word of God for them. And do you know what happened? When they read of God, it had an effect on the people. The people suddenly realized what they had missed. They suddenly realized that they hadn't been following the law of the word of God. And it made them sad. They really were sad about what had happened. They were weeping. I want to read to you a couple of these verses. Uh, Nehemiah 8, I'm going to start at verse 9 through 12. And I'm reading in the New Living Bible. <clears throat> so it says, Then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who were interrupting, interpreting for the people, they probably interrupted as well, <laughs> interpreted for the people, said to them, don't weep on such a day as this, for today is, today is a sacred day before the Lord your God. All the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. And Nehemiah continued, Go and celebrate with a feast of choice foods and sweet drinks and share gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. This is a sacred day before our Lord. Don't be dejected or sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. And the Levites, too, quieted the people, telling them, Hush, don't weep, for this is a sacred day. So the people went away to eat and drink at a festival meal, to share gifts of food, and to celebrate with great joy because they had heard the word of God and understood it. This was so good. This was so good. Suddenly their focus was been on the word of God, their source, source of joy. They were focused again on the word of God. And if you read on through that, they followed that on. They were so focused that the next chapter, they repented. You read on, they wrote their names down recommitting themselves to following the word of God. Wonderful. They had a change of heart. And isn't it super how they uh, then had a feast? They gave gifts to one another. Does this make you think of something? Christmas. Christmas. Let's see what happens. They were so joyful they feasted and gave to one another. Listen to what the angel told us to do in Luke 2, verse 8. With the story of the shepherds. That night, some shepherds were in the fields outside the village, guarding their flocks at night. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared upon them, and the radiance of the Lord, Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terribly frightened, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I'll bring you good news of great joy for everyone. This joy is for everyone. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born that tonight in the city of Bethlehem. What a powerful message. To them and to us, the Messiah our Savior, and if you look at other scriptures in John 1, 14, 
the Word of God. Jesus' name is the Word. So the people before Nehemiah discovered the Word. In this case, they found Jesus, the Word. He was alive. And they were supposed to be joyful. And in case you were wondering, that was time of old. Hebrews 13, verse 8 tells us that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means now, tomorrow, in the new year, he's alive. And he is our source of joy. Because as we said, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Now, many Christmas cards, you'll see, will have all kinds of things written in it. You'll see Happy Christmas. And in America, we get some Christmas cards from America. Don't tell them I'm saying this, you know. I don't want to get in trouble with my American friends. A lot of times, all you see is not Happy Christmas. They will say, if I find it here, Happy Holidays. What's happened to Christmas? You know, when I was working at Farnborough Hospital all those years ago, at Christmas time, people would say, I was quite impressed about this. People were writing, Happy Xmas. And there was a person who was working in charge of the path lab at that time who was not a Christian. He knew I was. He came and says, Maynard, I'm not a Christian, but they shouldn't say Happy Xmas if Happy Christmas. I said, yes, that's it. We can have a lot of joy in this season, but it's not happy holidays. And have you seen many Christmas cards that have something about being joyful? I'll tell you one thing. When I saw this, I knew this was the right thing for me to preach about. This is what we're going to be giving out. And it says, joy to the world. And I found this one. I love this one. Beautiful card. It says, and the an- then the angel said to the shepherds, I'll bring you good tidings of great joy. It's capital letters there, which will be for all people. For there is born to you in this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now, I'll tell you what, people, I can get excited about Jesus. Can you? Oh, yes. <laughs> you know, he changed my life. I met Jesus in the real when I was at the deepest point of sadness in my life. 3,000 miles away from my family. In a very sad state. And I've been to church, but I never met Jesus. I've been to church since I was about that high, but I never met Jesus. And in that sad state, I cried out to him. Please. Help me. And I heard his voice. I heard his voice. He said, trust me from now on. And I tell you what, I could write a book. What's happened since then to now? I've been over here almost 50 years. And a lot of good things have happened to me because of his promise. Now, someone might say to you, say to me, well, man, what's the big deal? What's the di- There's no difference between happiness and joy. I said, really? <laughs> happiness depends on our circumstances in life. 
Joy has nothing to do with our circumstances. Something inside. It's not associated with good circumstances. How much money you have. How many possessions you have. How many friends you have. How many likes you get on Facebook. If you're connected to Facebook. Joy comes from being in relationship with Jesus. That's where our joy comes from. And in case you don't believe this, it's not something whooped up. Listen to what John says in John 15, 11. Jesus said, I've just been talking to people. You know, the, John 15 is about being connected to the vine. Such a powerful chapter in the Bible. And this is what Jesus said. These things I have spoken to you so my joy might be in you. So that your joy might be made full. Notice Jesus said, not your whooped up joy. He said, what did he say? My joy. So there in scripture it's saying that our source of joy comes from a relationship with Jesus. He's the one that gives us this joy. Now, perhaps your first experience, I know my first experience of joy came when I was born again, when I accepted Jesus as my Savior and Lord. And there came to me a security in God's love and care and the promises in his word that I'd never seen before. I tell you, in that sad time in my life, jumping in my big camping van, traveling all the way across America, leaving my wife behind. She'd gone off with another man, and here I was. Lord, it's just you and me. And, you know, I'm going to tell a story. I mean, I've said it to some of you before. My flesh wasn't dead. I'd just come into something different. I don't want to get too carried away because I can go on. <laughs> so I said, there I was driving my big camping van, and I thought, Ooh, be nice if I could see a, a young chick. <laughs> so, yeah, well, I said my flesh wasn't dead yet. <laughs> so, driving on there, almost near uh, Grand Canyon. Was it Grand Canyon? Yeah. Pouring down rain. And I saw this person. That's what we used to do. I used to thumb back and forth from the university to my thumb and a lift, thumb and a lift. I said, wow, here's my chance. Wow, thank you, here it is, here it is. So I pulled off the side of the road. Got out of my van with a big smile on my face. Boy, this is, my, this is it. Guess who he was? It was an old American Indian woman. <laughs> and inside her coat was her little dog. And I thought to myself, I think I better turn around and go the other way. No. I said, what's your name? She said, Mary. I said, Mary, you and your dog, come get in my van. Where are you going? She said, Little Rock, Arkansas. I said, I'm going to drive right through there. You can sleep in the back with your dog, and we're going to have a good job. I had a wonderful talk with Mary. 
God rescue me from that possibility of self taking control. Listen, I don't know everyone here, but if you don't know the joy of Jesus, please don't leave this morning without having prayer to receive the joy of Jesus. When we accept Jesus into our life, he will bring a joy that nothing else can find. It's open to everyone who repents of the past and accepts the forgiveness of God and through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, sounds good, doesn't it? Let's go a little bit further. How about four questions? Four minutes to go, four questions. Can this joy be taken away from you? Okay. Listen to this. Psalm 119, verse 143. It really depends on where your focus is. Psalm 119, 143 says, As pressure and stress bear down on me. Do we have any pressure or stress bearing down on us? As pressure and stress bear down on me, I'll find joy in your commands. It's the word of God. Yes, pressure and stress of one kind or another will always be with us. But that's not all that's going to be with us forever. 1 Peter 1 verse 25 says, The word of the Lord will last forever. This is not an old book that's going out of date. It's going to last forever. And Hebrews 13 verse 8, we've already said, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and forever. So to maintain our joy, we've got two things that can help us. The word of God, the written word of God, and the living word of God, Jesus Christ our Lord. He will help us through whatever. So what we need to do is to stay focused on the word and stay focused on Jesus and don't be drifted back into things of the world. Because your joy can go away when you drift back to the Lord, back to the world. Decide the world's better than Jesus. Can you lose your joy? Well, you look at David's experience in Psalm 51. He lost his joy. Why did he lose it? Because of sin. But he confessed his sin, and God restored his joy. Listen to these verses. In verse 8, it says, Oh, give me back my joy again. He lost it. And then he said in verse 12, Restore to me again the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. You know, God will hear that prayer today. If we felt that we've lost it, we can get it back. The 1 John 1 9 tells us if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How do you keep your joy? Four little points. Not going to be much here. I got it when I was reading Nehemiah 9. Read the word daily. Stay in fellowship with other believers so you can be encouraged. It's so important. Don't isolate yourself. Stay in fellowship with one another. Confess your sins to God immediately when you're convicted by the Holy Spirit. Don't think you can get away with it. You can't get away with it. Look, David couldn't get away with it. He tried. He was king. But he couldn't get away with it. Read Psalm 32. I'll tell you all about it. He couldn't get away with it. 
and worship God daily. Try those four things and you will keep your joy. Now, a couple other things. Can one be unhappy and joyful at the same time? Okay. A couple of scriptures that can help us understand that. I'm not going to read them. I'll just mention them. Acts 16.22. We read of Paul and Silas. They were stripped. They were beaten. They were flogged. They were thrown in the stocks in the inner prison. Do you think they were happy? No. But what happened? Their attitude was they started praying and singing with joy. And what happened? Joy overflowed. And the other prisoners heard it. And the one who put him in prison heard it. And ended up, he was saved and his household. These people were unhappy, but they had a joy that people saw. The greatest example is Jesus, our Savior. In the Garden of Gethsemane, it appears in all four Gospels. Do you think he was happy? He wasn't looking forward for what lay ahead. In fact, he asked his father to remove it three times. And if it were possible, please remove this, this business of being crucified. But then he said, not my will, but your will be done. In Hebrews 12, too, I heard this just as we were coming out of the house today. Joan had the scripture, had the um, Christian television on. I went upstairs and I heard this voice. I heard this man. I said, Joan, that man sounds good. That man must be from the South. I love the way he talks. And she flipped it up. Guess where he came from? North Carolina. <laughs> Same place I came from. Anyhow, this is what he said. He read this verse. I said, yes. Jesus said, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, scorning the shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. What is this joy? His joy was obedience to his Father's will. And I believe the joy that he knew that he would make salvation available for us. And that made him joyful. You know, we're told in Luke 15, 10, that the angels rejoice when anyone accepts Jesus. I reckon Jesus has a big smile too, doesn't he? He's filled with joy because of what he's done. So when we obey and submit to the will of God, we will experience joy. Now, one practical example. This week we had a visitor come see us. Her name was Katrina. She lived with us for several months. I forgot how many. She was a girl from Slovakia, and she came to England. She was a au pair for two years, and then she couldn't work anymore after two years. And she was waiting to go back. She wanted to be accepted to California to a Bible school. And we said, well, come live with us. And she said, well, I'll clean the house. I'll fix the meals. And a great big smile came out of it. Yes. <laughs> you can't make any money, but you can do that for us. And I used to give her a little allowance. I said, I give my children a better money, a gift. So I can give you something. You haven't earned it. I'm giving it to you anyhow. She eventually went to work with Jackie Pullinger in Hong Kong, looking after drug addicts. Now she's in northern India, looking after drug addicts. She knocked on our door, came to see us. And she was telling us about her life. It wasn't pleasant, hard work. She wasn't very happy. In fact, she lives in a one-man tent 
not for a week's holiday, every day. And you look at her face, oh, look at her face, full of joy. Why has she got the joy? She's doing the will of the Father. Doing the will of the Father. Sacrificing herself to others. So this Christmas season, keep your focus on Jesus and his great sacrifice for us. Let his joy become your strength. Now, I'm going to do something strange. I've got two minutes left. Something strange. I want everybody to close your eyes. Focus on Jesus. Don't focus on me. And please don't focus on my crippy voice. It's going to try to sing something. Focus on Jesus. He sacrificed his life, laid it down to pay the price. All our sin, all our guilt, all our shame, he's taken away. He's opened up the way for us to fellowship with Father. He's opened up the way for us to know his peace, his joy. He's opened up the way for us to live life abundantly. He's opened up the way for us. What will we say to him? Jesus Christ is his name. Yes, he died, but rose again. Now he lives. Yes, he lives. Yes, he lives forevermore. He's opened up the way for us to fellowship with Father. He's opened up the way for us to know his peace, his joy. He's opened up the way for us to live life abundantly. He's opened up the way for us. Say yes to him today. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, may we know that joy. May the joy of the Lord be our strength today. And every day, may we radiate that joy from our expressions, just like Katrina. Lord, her eyes were full of joy. May every person we meet see that we've got something the world cannot give, something the world cannot take away from us. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen.